Aloha, North Kohala. This is Holly Allgood here at KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. I have a very special guest today. Her, this is Dr. Yael Gapel, and she's a newly minted PhD, and she's also a DJ here, uh, here in, at KNKR. So we're thrilled to have you for so many reasons. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Really nice to be here. Well, um, tell us, uh, <laughs> where were you born and raised? So I was born in Tel Aviv, in Israel, and I was raised in Tel Aviv, in Israel, and I basically lived all my life there. I also raised my family there, um, almost in the exact same neighborhood where I grew up. In fact, my youngest son went to the high school I went to, and they both went to the scouts in Israel, Scouts is different. It's more a social thing. They went to the same place I went. So I was really always in the same four streets or square in the city of Tel Aviv. What about your college education? Well, for college, I went to uh, Jerusalem. Um, I, did, I did my uh, studies right after the army because when I finished uh, my service, you know, in Israel, it's mandatory. The women do two years. And when I, the last year in my, um, in my um, service, there was the Lebanon War, the first Lebanon War. So the minute I finished um, my service, I went directly to school. So I did it in the Hebrew University. How did you, what did you do in the military? I was um, doing two things. I was um, in, I was doing some, some part of the time I was teaching soldiers that were illiterate. And on the other part, I was um, taking soldiers on tours on Jerusalem. So that was a lot of fun because you have to, part of the education of a soldier is that they get to know like the main symbols of the, the national symbols, right? And Jerusalem is a main thing. So that was, that was par the other part. Um, when I was in the army, uh, even though they teach us how to use a gun, which I wouldn't say I know how to do that, of course, but... Uh, uh, women were not combat. Women can only do certain... It's still a big fight whether women can do, you know, like it's a very masculine... Army is a very masculine thing, and there's also an argument about how mandatory it should continue to be. Um, but uh, but even if uh, it was in my time, I wouldn't be combat. Me and the army are not, not very good friends. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you decide to go to school in Jerusalem? Well, Jerusalem was, first of all, the, the university there is very good. In Israel, the public schools are uh, really the good ones. Well, when I was young, there, there was no private schools, but um, I also loved Jerusalem. As a, as a teenager in the army, I was there. I just, I was so in love with the city, and I thought, why not go study there? It's only an hour away from Tel Aviv. I did live in the dorms there, you know, and then I also did my master degree there. But um, but it was it was fun. Jerusalem really changed since then. But Jerusalem was a very multicultural place with people from all over the world, different people, different nationalities. It was really good time. And what did you study there? Well, my first degree was uh, psychology and education and art history. Or I should say the opposite, because art was more uh, was more major for me at that time. When I finished my first degree, 
I had to decide what I'm going to do for master. And I was really debating because I had this fantasy that I can just go and be a creator, you say, in, like, you know, working in museums and all that. But then uh, I thought, also got advice that maybe I should be more practical and being a psychologist is practical thing to do. So I took this path and I went to be a psychologist. <laughs> so are you an artist? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm an artist. I did some art through my life. I do love art. I have a son that is a, he's an artist. He's a great artist, I think. And I have a younger son who's a film into filmmaking. Um, but uh, I still love art. And um, but it was always there, you know, all those years that I was a psychologist. I was there. Um, after I finished uh, my studies, you know, by then, these are the years that you you start your internship in Israel. Internship as psychologist is four years. Start my internship. I I met David. We got married. You know, we had a family. Na, 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 na. And then I went and studied. Um, I I um, how do you say when you become like an uh, specialized? I specialized in Jungian psychoanalysis. Oh, mm -hmm. so that brought a lot of the art-loving part into the work itself. Yes, did you work with any specific group of people? Well, uh, it was very diverse, and I think through the years, I started with kids. I'd say like, you know, school, high school. I did a lot of work with high school kids. Then I. I did two, th I, when I started with the Jungian thing, I started working with adults and really do a lot of work with adults through um, really hard life, you know, things or mentally disturbed problems. And, uh, and on at the same time, I also started working with kids, very, very young kids that are uh, on the autistic spectrum. So it was those years that I did those like, um, how I say, like very different things. Yes. Very different, uh, but I guess I had this need to be touching, touching mm -hmm. these two things. And then, um, and then uh, later on, uh, I, uh, I became the, you know, in psychology, you go through stages and then you become, you get older, you become a supervisor also. Yes. So, um, and as a supervisor, you would supervise either interns or other psychologists. Yeah, either, or, or either psychologists or also psychoanalysts that mm -hmm. are trained to be psychoanalysts. And then I became um, the director of the, um, of the psychological service of the, um, of the city of Hulon. Now, Hulon is a city that's attached to Tel Aviv. Mm -hmm. It has the population of about, like, I'd say like about the population in the Big Island, but just mm -hmm. in a very small condensed place. In a much smaller geographic area? Mm -hmm. Much, much smaller. And, um, and I was the director of their psychological services of this. There was a very big job. And from them, I came here. So <laughs> how did you decide for someone who lived in such a small, didn't travel much from home, how did you decide to come to Hawaii? Well, um, you know, the thing just evolved. and uh, But to be honest, I came because of David. Um, he had this thing in his head for many years that we should come to Hawaii. When he was a kid, he was always in Hawaii as a kid with his parents visiting from L.A. He grew up in L.A. And when we got married... And these are still the days that we were super duper romantic, of course. We had our honeymoon in Maui. Mm -hmm. 
and we had like one or two nights that these parents treated us for this fancy hotel in Oahu. So that was, you know, like Hawaii was great. Yes. So then when we had our silver wedding, um, he was already talking about it, you know, because the kids are growing. And, uh, and then um, we decided to, ta- to do a family trip to Hawaii. We brought the boys, uh, um, our two sons, which were already adults, of course, young adults. That was a really fun trip. And I think at that trip, it was obvious that it's going to happen. We just got to decide where and uh, pick up the spot. And then it just happened. It, I, but I do feel that it just, like, happened to me, you know, like. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> that's not an unfamiliar story. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and what I hear here, <coughs> especially with couples of uh, etro couples, you know, with men and women, is that the women uh, usually follow the men. Oh, <laughs> but that but that really goes well with you know with the times we're in, right? Because yes, yes. the men can do it, and we are like always following. Yes. So <laughs> Although I have heard a lot of women who have They're, come yeah. either by themselves or yes, I don't know if they've dragged men. But I think what's important because sometimes we see people who come here. One one of the couple isn't happy, and one is very happy. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's hard. Yeah, that's so it hard. sounds like you had a very full life before you moved to Hawaii. Um, yeah, you yeah. know, when you have a long life, you have a yes. full <laughs> life in the end. <laughs> and I know, I know you're a wonder, you have a lot going on here. You're a wonderful baker. Thank you. How did that come about? You do farmer's markets? Well, that's, that's a whole separate story. Um, you know, I always obviously loved to um, bake and in Israel, and we also... In Israel, a lot of, of our life is revolved around food. So family meals are like every Friday there's a big family meal, but you always have, there's always like, if, if you came to the radio in Israel like that, there'll be food here. <laughs> and some of it will be made by someone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you don't just buy you. It's like a whole shtick with the food. So, um, uh, and the food scene in, in Tel Aviv is really amazing. I think really nice. Mm-hmm. But... What happened when my my thing with bread began because baking bread began began when my oldest son was very young he was like I don't know a few months um, maybe four or five months I'm not sure he got this uh, disease I think they call it salmonella mm-hmm. you usually get it from eating chicken or eggs or something yes there's a new movie. Uh, poisoned it's all about oh, oh my god i gotta see that mm-hmm. well he wasn't eating chicken or or he was eating chicken not eggs by then but anyway he got that mm-hmm. and horrible that was really horrible they feel horrible and they have high fever it was he was really miserable but after he recovered he was not very happy to eat like something in his system was like different mm-hmm. and from a really nice eater he became like very very not i don't want any uh, so then I read somewhere something about bread, how the, you can make the bread very nutritious and all this. So I started making this bread, and then I fell in love with the process mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the... Well, it's very creative. It, it and sounds it's, like it, being yes. creative was always important to you. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's creative, and, and when you make bread, it is always a miracle because you know <laughs> what you put in, mm-hmm. but once you open the oven, you're not quite sure what's going to, you know, even if you have enough confidence, it would always come out a little... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, um, so that's how I started, and I always was really into it, you know, reading about it, and then uh, learning about it, and uh, 
And then when we came here, um, it became very clear that they're not going to give me my license. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, to practice psychology. To, private, to practice as a clinical psychologist, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that they're mm-hmm. not. I mean, David really tried, and he was so mm-hmm. stubborn. But uh, And you would have to go through a whole process, I'm sure. They have a committee that mm-hmm. has a lot of power. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was really very frustrating because instead of just telling me no mm-hmm. and n- not going to happen, they said, well, if you had five years and if you go to the head of the department in Oahu and he says it's okay, then we'll... So I did everything they said. Mm-hmm. We went to Oahu. The guy, the head of the department, sent them a letter, said, I have everything, all the courses that you require. She has more years and hours. and other. But they have the power, the committee, and the committee said, well, now we don't like this letter. Mm. We, don't, we don't want this professor to decide. Like, it was like a whole, mm-hmm. so I gave it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but through this process, mm-hmm. um, w- we have a very good friend that lives in the island for a long time, and he's the owner of Mother's Nature Miracle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, organic yes. greens and mm-hmm. all that. Really nice man. Um, and because we, we met here, became mm-hmm. really friends immediately, and uh, they were coming to, ha- you know, we uh-huh. invited them for a meal and dinner or whatever, holiday, whatever, because we're always around food. And he said, you know, we have a booth in Pukalani's table. You got to bring your stuff and we'll sell it. Mm-hmm. So we went with just hummus and baba ganoush. <laughs> and then um, we added things. And then people asked for pita bread. And then people asked for challah. And he just... And th- that was there. And then they reopened here. Then COVID happened. And then they reopened here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nomi, she's on the board. She said, would you come and join us? And I said, well, that's here. I don't have to go to Pokalani's table. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And here, the management is much nicer also. I mean, in Pokalani, if we wanted to add something, we first have to bring them, we have to bring him, them the thing to sample. Oh. So, like, if I make, like, ten types of bread, they want to sample each one. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. And here they were, like, just, you know, just do your life. You got this, you got to have, like, a permit thing mm-hmm. and insurance. And, and whatever you sell is fine. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice here. It's our community and, mm-hmm. the, and the atmosphere here. I mean, now we're really very few vendors. I don't know what happened here. But uh, mm-hmm. when we started, it was more vendors. And, uh, and then... Um, you know, we felt at ease, and the thing just grew and grew and grew. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. Well, and it, <laughs> what's nice is you have something that people can't get anywhere else on the yes, island. Yes, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you bring? So um, I think on the island you still, uh, you know, th- they have s- they have like few bakers mm-hmm. around the island mm-hmm. of that make sourdough breads or um, or baked goods that are, um, you know good quality in the sense that the flour is organic and the process is slow leaven. So you, you don't just take care of the flavor, you also take care of how the process is made. Mm-hmm. So you have others do that as well. You also have really nice patisseries, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't do patisserie because mm-hmm. it's not me, but, but what I think is really um, our added, I'd say, specialties are the Israeli touch because mm-hmm. we do those bore kasim mm-hmm. and bore kitos and the, and the sweets that are... Mm-hmm. Israelis, so I think, um, and the community here is is extremely generous with us, you mm-hmm. know, and people, people not just support us, which is always such a great feeling, but also people would talk with me, mm-hmm. like this woman ordered this apple pie for me, 
So I made her an apple pie. So she was very happy, but then she said, maybe you can make it a little less sweet. So I make it a little less sweet. Then she says, that's great. Now I want to, you know, like <laughs> people <laughs> talk with you. You have interactions yes. that then change your creative process. Yes, and mm -hmm. and it's it feels like, you know, it feels like they're not just, I'm not just a shelf that they go and grab the bread. Mm -hmm. Like we have a relationship. Yes. This morning I got a picture from someone that she bought our bagels to um, to uh, her brother. Mm -hmm. And her brother was thrilled that there's bagels here yes. in this area. Oh, yeah. Homemade. So so he, he sent her a picture of bagel and lux that he had for breakfast. So she sent me the picture. Yes. Now, she didn't have to do that. Right, you know, she right. didn't have to. Uh, of course, I was very critical because I wasn't happy how the bagel is not <laughs> symmetric. But, <laughs> but I f you feel the warmth. And mm -hmm. uh, and um, the aloha. Yeah, you feel the community is really um, just nice, nice community. Yeah. And you know, f I was always Israeli, and for us, communities like, you know, and I always feel that my community, my friends, mm -hmm. m most of them are there. I lived all my life there. Right. But when I come here and those things happen, I feel that even mm -hmm. I, even as a newcomer, mm -hmm. this community is relating to me. Yes, communicate, yes. and this is, is like. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think uh, I know I experience your foods as special because yeah. even though maybe you have sourdough bread, you have you know lemon thyme sourdough bread. Yeah. Where I don't, and it's and it is local. Yeah. It's yes. you know uh, a mile away from my house instead of twenty yeah. miles away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's lovely, and yeah. I don't, I can't pronounce or remember the this names of all your little pastries but yeah. you know there's all these little pastries with vegetables in them and yes yes Bork they're very good and they're you. you know you can't get them anywhere else thank here. you thank so, you yeah, so much for your work thank you yeah. yeah so on top of all that I understand you're a newly minted PhD right right so th this has to do with my really my other life it seems like you know like like I was almost a, a different person. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I actually know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. You have a PhD too. I do, I do, and I don't use it. So yeah. what was your research on? Well, my s the subject of my dissertation and my research was the perception of motherhood of mothers to combat soldiers. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, so that was, that was um, when I was in Israel, Beside all the other things I did, I was very active, like socially. I was very active with uh, women movements, women uh, uh, human rights movement, and and there was a huge movement. Uh, it's, it's still there. I'm not there, <laughs> but the movement still there with um, with uh, women wage peace. Yes. And uh, and. Another movement that I was very involved is with children. The children have the right to have be children wherever they are, whether they're Palestinians or they're Israelis in Tel Aviv. They should have the same rights and the same treatment. And uh, through that group, uh, I started meeting with people um, that are psychologists, and they said, "How come we're all psychologists? We're very um, we're very obligated to the whole thing of peace." Mm -hmm. and the human rights and the Palestinians' rights and everything. And, and we still send our kids, or our kids go to be combat soldiers. Yes. How, how can that two thing? Mm -hmm. Now, it's true that you don't fully send because it's mandatory. Right. And in Israel, if you're a male with good health, mm -hmm. they would take you to combat. Yes. You can fight it today, mm -hmm. 
but you gotta like undo something. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we were interviewing, started interviewing some parents, and and while we were doing that, um, I was a little in unease because I felt that the picture that we're starting to draw is not fully what I feel. Because the picture we draw is that the women have no, they don't have enough voice to voice clearly enough that they do not want that. Yes. They do not want their kids to be combat. Right. And I was in not not in ease with it because I felt that maybe they don't want and want at the same time. Right. So I talked with some people and then uh, Carol Gilligan was in helping our um, the women wage business. I talked with her and then I s- it just became that I thought, you know, I should really um, research it in a in a formal way. Mm-hmm. And then, then it happened. And mm-hmm. I have this tendency that when I start something, I usually finish it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so what were your findings? Well, my findings were um, not very easy for me. I, I should say also that it's in psychology, but it's um, it also I had to take, I, 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 n- not that I had to, but I took the theories, uh, of course, the Jungian theory because I'm, Jungian and also the relational theory because it really fits. But but besides psychology, the the research was really dealing a lot with gender mm-hmm. studies mm-hmm. and gender writings. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the research was very um, important because it dealt with the mother's subjectivity. Mm-hmm. And the main finding, which is not new, or the main um, findings of many research is that a woman's subjectivity is something that's not approached enough. Mm-hmm. And mud, and okay, so now they have women's subjectivity in academic. They don't have that much mother's subjectivity. Right. There's a lot of research about the mother as an object for the kids. Right. How she nurtured, how she did it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at older women, just mm-hmm. like what you wrote me in the text about mm-hmm. women over 55. Yes. No research at all yes. about their motherhood mm-hmm. at all. Like, it's like, the thing does not exist. Mm. But you don't finish being a mother once the kids are older. Right. So it's um so the main find the main findings were that the subject there's of course the the um, the um, how should I say the, the not profession, the role of motherhood yes. involves within it a great deal of dualism and a great deal of ambivalence and it's very hard to approach it to the mother because the society is so patriarchal that this voice cannot be heard. Yes. Not by the society, but not even by the mothers themselves. Mm -hmm. So if the mother expresses that she loved having her kid combat because he looks so handsome, she immediately will have to say, why is it good for him? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very hard for us as mothers to be talking about our narcissist pleasures from having... Right doing things that are not for our kids. Yes. And that the role of motherhood is so engraved in society that it's so hard to be anything different than nurturing, loving, will do everything for the kid, and you're just an object. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, in you know, I'm giving it like in a line, yes. but, but I think it also really tells the mother that they, they cannot say, I don't have the agency in this matter. Well, you really have agency in other matters concerning your son. 
So it's, it's, it's a very complex um, picture and it's very hard to show the complexity because the society is so not pro-women. Yes. And um, so that was like, you know, like in a very nutshell. But, mm-hmm. but it was really surprising to hear how the mothers want their kids to be combat soldiers. That they do want their kids to they be combat No mother wants her kid to, you know, uh, have to be wounded or anything, God forbid. Right. But they do want their kids to be because there's so many benefits for the mother, narcissist and socially. And, uh, and, and the second thing that was amazing is that very few of them, almost none, can really say what I just said to you. Right. Mm-hmm. They, will say, they will say it in different ways. Mm-hmm. And they they have a hard time expressing the mm-hmm. different parts, mm-hmm. and psychologically because no one asked the question. Because no one asked the question, maybe yeah. And also, you know, who would like to hear that? Even my friends that are very feminist, and I talk with them often about you know because we talk about all those things. It's really hard to hear. I I enjoyed sending my son to. I mean, I didn't send him, but I enjoyed him being in combat unit. He was in danger. Mm -hmm. So it was, I enjoyed it. I I had benefit from it. It it did good on my heart that he, and that has to do with how the woman takes space in the world. Because as women, we take a lot of space in the outer world, not, you know, inside the house, through the men. So if my father was, combat if my husband fought in the war if my kid is combat then I have more space yes. I'm, I'm, I'm more of someone in the world mm. and I think it really puts a mirror of not just how the society is but how we as women we have to see it we have to look with open eyes on what we it's not blaming but it's not you got to take some part of the responsibilities right so that was like, um, I will have a talk about my dissertation mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. Uh, because some women asked me. It was really only women that asked me to, <laughs> which is great. And uh, so I thought maybe I'll do like, you know, like an hour, like not, not a lecture, just, just like sharing, you yeah, know, like. your story. Yeah. Sharing your story. Yeah. Yeah. How did you do the research? Well, I, it was, um, it was, um, qualitative one. Mm-hmm. I interviewed mothers and I did it according to Carol Gilligan listening guide. She mm-hmm. has a specific technique of quality, how you listen to the layers of the voices mm-hmm. and how you um, analyze it. You mm-hmm. listen a few times and every time you listen to something different. So I, I interviewed uh, 15 mothers and um, and then I did the analyze and then I consulted with my friends, of course, and uh, and it was it was a lot of work, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but it was it was uh, it was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I came here and I don't want to change the world anymore. But <laughs> but I still I f- I feel I'm happy I did it because it was it was like almost burning in me. Like, what's going on here? How did I let my son? I was always very aware of myself. I right. thought, you know, I was in psychoanalyst forever. Mm-hmm. I was in the profession. And then when Matan went to be combat, mm-hmm. I didn't stop him. Right. I didn't say, you're not going. No way you're going. Right. And, um, and yes, I was proud of him. Mm-hmm. So when I started 
talking with these other psychologists before my research, I was in mm-hmm. shock. I said, where right. was I? Mm-hmm. Well, I was asleep. I didn't have, I didn't have a voice for myself even. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like I was numb. Mm-hmm. And that was really in my, you know, to research that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking to Dr. Yael Gravel <laughs> here on Tutu's Talk mm-hmm. Story at KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. You can play Ultimate Frisbee every Friday from 4.45 to 7 p.m. at Kamehameha Park. For info, call 808-895-4952. Great. Goddess I am So thankful to have you Guiding me Protecting me I am So thankful to have you Aloha Kohala This is Isla Allgood of Women's Voices Change is in the air Women's Voices will now be once a week Every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. I hope you can tune in to KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala and listen to sensational songs by female artists from right here in Kohala and around the world. Protecting me, I am so thankful to have you guiding me, protecting me, I am. The Department of Water Supply is reminding its Makapala and Ookala customers that a voluntary water conservation notice for both residential and commercial accounts remains in effect until further notice. The water conservation notice asks affected water customers to reduce water use by 10%. Water conservation is necessary due to the failure of the water system's only well. The Department of Water Supply is working to bring the well back online as quickly as possible and ask customers' help to use water wisely and not waste it. Mahalo. Aloha, mm-hmm. North Kohala. This is Holly Allgood. You're listening mm-hmm. to Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKR LP 96.1 FM Kohala. My very special guest today is mm-hmm. Dr. Yael Gapel, and who is also a DJ here. We'll get to that yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> but if you were with us a few minutes earlier, you know that we've been talking about her research. Yeah. Being from Israel, she was very interested in mothers and their, you know, their feelings about their sons uh, going to combat. And I'm wondering, did were there any similar studies done in other countries? Well, first of all, the subject is very under-studied. Um, um, there were very few um, research that was made in in the world about mothers to combat soldiers, um, but most of them talked about the fear, the you know the all anxiety component that is within, like it's it comes with a being a mother of combat soldiers, especially when you know that the kid is going to war or battlefields or whatever, and. Um, and the, the, the inner dialogue with the anxiety and the stress and how you 
live your life and when do you start feeling the, you know, there was this research in Israel that talks about the minute that you do the ultrasound, you know, the baby is still inside, you do the ultrasound and you see it's a boy, you get your anxiety level goes up. Um, so that was the major, you know, um, um, there was, there were very, very few. In that way, um, it was easy because you have to do, when you do a research, you have first have to find all those, right? So there weren't that many. <laughs> <laughs> so there weren't that many comparators yes, to. Not, not that many. Yeah. In Israel at that time, there were like, I think maybe like uh, three. There was another one that was done while I was doing mine, but she was coming to a different conclusion. And there was one that was done uh, at the same time about uh, mothers that did not let their children go to the army because of their political views that they were against what the army does. And so they were... Um, now, is that something that's acceptable in Israel? It's not acceptable, but there are ways that you can do it. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, Israel is a very, I mean, now th everything's changes in Israel, as we know, like now we're like in this uncertainty, but Israel is very, you know, like it's, there's one way. One way. Yeah. One way, and, and mm -hmm. you either feed this way or mm -hmm. you're not going to be part of the game. Yeah. Now everything's changes with mm -hmm. the with the riots and the way the government's trying to make Israel not democracy anymore. The, the the reactions really reveals the power of the diversity and mm -hmm. power of the different and and also the the different powers in society. You know, there's a whole huge women movements in right. the in this. Uh, yeah, well, it makes me wonder about <coughs> the United States which, yeah. you know, we haven't had mandatory uh, combat yes. for such a long time. But I remember back in the 70s, that's, the, you know, that's the last thing I couldn't even compare it to is yeah. when we were in the Vietnam War and yes. people were drafted. Yes. And you didn't have the option. Yes. But there were people who would, you know, go to foreign countries, go to Canada typically, yes. or yes. try to have pacifist, you know, say... Views, yeah. But... Um, you know, it's and and I makes me wonder what would happen now, because most of the youth has no exposure to the military here. Yes, yes. Except for video games. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> true. And yeah. movies. Yes, yeah. yes, it, yes, right. yes, yes. So it's, uh, you know, it's really something I think a lot of people are concerned about because m we're seeing more and more wars around the world. Yes, yes. And I think people are starting to get a little nervous. <laughs> About yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But it sounds like because it's so much of the culture in Israel, it's just, I, I, are people, do people feel ashamed if they don't let their sons go? When I was, a ki when I was young, it was like that. You feel ashamed if the son, you also feel a lot of pride if the son is combat. You know, like, like there's a, um, and and the society is a very militaristic society, very masculine uh, oriented. The minute you know, the minute the military. Well, here as well, I think for different reason, society, Western society in general is very, I'd say, f very patriarch, patriarch. How you say the word? Patriarchal. Pat patriarchal yes. and and followed centric, like very very. So, but the minute you have the military as a, as a as a core force in the society that makes it even more, you know. Um, so um, it it is changing, you yes. know. It is like my, my son's generations, 
you know, even our, if you just look at my sons and my husband, yes. not to talk about my brother and my father, mm-hmm. they're already softer version of men. Yes. They have, they're very manly in other component maybe, but mm-hmm. n- being soft is not so much contradicting to them as so the military is like, it's very, right. and also don't forget that Israel was really um, established the modern Israel, not talking about the Bible Israel, the modern was established after the um, Holocaust. Right. So even very leftist, like in my interview, they interviewed some very leftist, very activist women mm-hmm. uh, and peace movement, some of my best friends, and they were always talking about the Holocaust. Because mm-hmm. even if you were not second generation, like I'm second generation because of my father, yes. my concrete father, but even mm-hmm. if you're not, the way you grew up in Israel is everyone's second generation. Yes. So there's always this like ready-made lecture of why we need the military yes. and God forbid the Holocaust and the Iranians and whatever, you yes. know, all our enemies. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think it's very, it, in that sense, it's different in the United States because it's um, the, the, like closer. The co- yeah, the concept of, of you know, you, ha- you don't have, you don't have, a state, you don't have a land. Yes. My father always used to say, Every, as bad as it can be in Israel, it would never be as bad as not having where to go. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's engraved in, you know, it's like it's, um, so it's the whole, the whole dialogue that people are having with the issue of the army. Mm-hmm. But it is changing with the younger the generation. Mm-hmm. I think there are more. Mm-hmm. Well, you're making me think of the Barbie mm-hmm. movie. With all this oh, type I didn't of see patriarch. that. Yeah, you must see it. And I see you yeah. wearing pink, so yeah. that's the <laughs> outfit to go with. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's really there's a lot of discussion about patriarchy. Yeah, in the Barbie movie. Who yeah. knew? <laughs> Who knew? Yes. Yeah, we just we just watched the other day Oppenheimer because you know you say Barbie and you gotta say Oppenheimer because uh, <laughs> I know they're saying Barbieheimer. I think right, right. <laughs> it was a really good movie. We thought it was really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> so do you think you'll continue to look at this these questions or I think what happened is uh, first of all I do because I'm very connected to my friends and they're still you know fighting and doing everything needs in Israel so uh, um, and I think what happened with it's when we had this break we talked about whether your your dissertation is still working within you right if you still and I think I think for me I was I never thought that much about feminism till I did my dissertation. I maybe behaved it, but I never thought about it academically. And also, you know, I grew up also, like just aged, and I I became like this really strong feminist. And I think and I think n- the knowledge that I got is like, well, also I guess the age you get you ha- I have zero patience to some behaviors of men today or some wording of men like. You know, and sometimes some of them are just from a different generation, like some of David's friends, and they can come and say things like they try to be nice, and I cannot take it anymore because I, f- I feel it's de- devaluate. You say devaluing, devaluing. You. N- yes. m- maybe not me because I'm already older, right. yeah. but devaluing the, the young women that are next to me, yes. or their daughters, or their nephews, or nieces. You say, or what, yes. right? So it's right. like I became this really. Um, I think tiring feminist. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> even the word feminist, I yeah. remember because in the title of my dissertation, I used the word feminist. Yeah. And that word 
really ha has a lot of people, there's a lot of backlash yes. because people misinterpret the yes. word, which really just means somebody who supports the rights of women to equal pay and equal socioeconomic status right, in the world. Right. Well, so Gilligan, Carol Gilligan would, s would give you a different definition, and she would say that feminism is democracy in the real sense, which means it takes care of every person's voice, not just the women. So if you, if, if, because I remember talking with her and I said, would you, something about feminism? And she looked at me and she said, no, this is not feminism. That was once feminism, you know, so we'll have rights. Yes. That we can go to work, that we can vote, that we can have our money, whatever. But now it's not. Feminism is democracy. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a real, she's a real, very, very smart woman. Very. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. So, so it sounds like you will continue this work here. I hope. <laughs> and you will continue, hopefully, producing this wonderful yeah. food. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and tell us about your radio show, because I understand now you also have a radio show yeah. with David. Yeah. So Bob, uh, Bob asked, uh, asked us to uh, join in. And uh, we started, uh, we decided to do it together because it just m makes it, I think, easier for us. And we've been together so long, so we, we get along, you know, pretty good by now <laughs> with all our fights and disagreements and annoyance and everything. So we, we have this show, we call it So Far, Music from Around the World. Um, and um, it's, really, it's really anything we want to. You know, it also took us a while to get it how we want it, because David thought, okay, we're going to bring music from the Mediterranean, and music I like from Africa, and, 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 and then I started bringing music, like, by subjects, you know. Like, I had, when I gave my dissertation, I, I did a show about motherhood. So that was a lot of music from here, uh, but, but per, you know, it's like anything here. You can do... It's volunteering. You can do whatever you want, really. Um, but we're having a really nice time doing that. And um, and for people who want to hear, when it's on Thursday it's on? between three to four, mm -hmm. and we take turns. So one one week is David's playlist, and one week is my playlist. Mm -hmm. And we had um, we just have fun. I had a playlist about witches. Like my last playlist was about witches, and uh, David had a list about Arya's famous Arya. Like. Every time we, you know, when people, just like with the bagels, yeah. some people write us. <laughs> at, the, at the beginning, we thought nobody listens, but then people would write us, love this song. We love, we, people tell us they love how we fight on radio. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, what could you possibly be fighting about? Well, you know, when, you, when you're together, for, you've been together for a long time, yes. right? So, yeah. so it's, it's almost like, you know, it's like you brush your teeth. It's, it's naturally for you to fight over the same things, right? <laughs> so a specific wording would get you to oh, react, okay. and then it's mm -hmm. like you get this like ping pong thing. Mm -hmm. um, and we think we're just boring already because we know how we <laughs> fight, but people, and you know, talking about families, some women come to me in the market usually, um, and they say, you stand up for him. <laughs> you don't give don't give up to his because because he start you know how the men talk and 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 uh, 
And we always find it very amusing that... Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so people are giving you advice. They're giving us also <laughs> advice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Support. That's nice to hear people support women, other women support. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, do, I also teach in the high school here for the oh, college. I just do a course in psychology, you know, uh -huh. for the college, like psychology. And I always tell the, 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 um, the my classes, say, you know, the women, you have, the, those of you are going to be women in a minute, for you, it's going to be harder than for the men. And um, maybe that's the most important thing I do here, you know, because I know they listen. Like, they they haven't thought about it before. You know, mm. we talk about the differences mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I think maybe that's, yeah, maybe that. Uh, my, my association was because we talked about the radio show yes, and I thought yes. maybe I'll start bringing them here as well yeah. to give us you know, do their playlist. So how did that come about? How did come teaching at the high school come about? Uh, it just happened. Uh, a friend uh, told me that they look for teach for replacement teachers here. Uh -huh. And the high school is by our house. Yeah. And I went there and, uh, I, you know, to be a replaced teacher here, you have to go through a course. Like, a, is this a substitute teacher, right. what we call substitute I, I can't teacher? do any course like that. I'm too old for yeah. doing courses in English. <laughs> so I, I said... No, but then she said, uh, she said, uh, she knew that I'm a psychologist. She said, maybe you can teach us psychology because we need uh, early college, something like that they call it. They get, yes. they get points from the college. Sure, yes. So she connected me with the college, mm -hmm. and I started teaching there. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I love doing it. I love sitting with the teenagers and talking with them uh -huh. about psychology, mm -hmm. you know, and, mm -hmm. they, and they get credit for it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's so important at that age, especially around like healthy. I hope you're teaching them about healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, and all about you know knowing yourself, mm -hmm. understanding, mm -hmm. understanding what's going on with yourself, what's going on with your body, mm -hmm. what's going on with your you know preference, and what the society wants from you, and mm -hmm. what the society is going to make you do, and uh, and they really they really want that, you know, mm -hmm. and. Um, so do you experience the teenagers here different than you experience them in yes. Israel? Yes. Well, y you know, we're all people, so teenagers, teenager, they <laughs> they have their hormones driving them crazy, their brain's not where it should be yet, mm -hmm. um, and they're very, very self-involved because of this whole thing. Yes. But, um, you know, being a teenager in a city, in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. it's it's like you know they're having such a different lifestyle yes like they go they have the whole you know you grew up in a city it's uh, the whole thing is so different yes you go your world you grow up your world expand yes so, so quickly. many options so many options you meet mm -hmm. so many people different mm -hmm. people so much art around you mm -hmm. art from all over the world mm -hmm. um you you start developing mm -hmm. and but you're also bombarded um, by so much, mm -hmm. um, and they, I think, you know, I think teenagers are teenagers in the sense that they'll always look for other teenagers to be involved with and do things, but, um, it just, it's just different because it's not that many options, and right. a teenager here, when he goes, when he gets to be 17, yeah. He probably knows about all the teenagers around him. Yes, mm -hmm. and I mean the, the big around the big around him, not yeah. And um, 
and they have this need to meet and to explore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and also with the adults you know they need to be more um, able to meet others and so I think it's it can be challenging yes can be challenging. challenging to be a teenager yeah, yeah I in mean general yeah. yes I yeah, think yeah, it's challenging yeah. wherever you are You're right right but I know I think <coughs> that's true that there's people know of less options because there's you know we don't have a lot of well we we have more art galleries now but yeah. there's no museums yes you know close by or uh, yeah. which is why I think it's nice for people even to hop over to Honolulu just to yes, take advantage yes. of some things that are different in different places. Yes. Yeah. You know, I spoke I spoke in my class about they had to to um they had to um uh, submit some papers. I I asked them very little they have to write a journal like a psychological journal and submit parts of it and they have to submit some projects that we do. And then there was a whole big thing about the chat GP um GPT, chat GPT, the AI thing yes. in Israel. Mm-hmm. That was a huge, because all the students started doing the work with this AI platform. Yes. Right. So I said to them in the class, I said, if you guys use chat GPT, uh, just write down that you use chat GPT. And you should know that these are the problems that so, you know, like I was, but s- some of them, I would say majority of them, took them a little bit to understand what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I get the, the I get really the very s- amazing kids in the class because they choose to be in my class. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not forced to be there. Yes, but um, but I think that the pace here is just different, even for teenager. It's just very different. slow. Yeah, yeah, just different. So mm-hmm. if the world's talking about the Chat GPT, it would get here. Right. But maybe mm-hmm. not now. Maybe mm-hmm. in a little later. Yeah. So. Well. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do Tutu's talk story mm. also, is to uh, expose people to women who have had complex lives and have been educated mm. in many different fields. Because I know when I've talked to some young people here and asked them, you know, what would you like to do? They don't know. and they yeah. Or they say, I wouldn't know how to do that. So I think it's wonderful that people yes. like you come and share, you know, what you've done. Yes. and uh, be a model. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you're doing that in the classroom as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. I, en- mm-hmm. I really enjoy talking with them. I enjoy, and I try to push. For me, it's also amazing that some of those kids, they're so bright, mm-hmm. and I know they're not going to go to college. Mm-hmm. And I try to push them. I say, college is, first of all, for you. Mm-hmm. But I know they're not, because the whole way their life is, you mm-hmm. know, it hasn't. Now, how did you know college was for you? I didn't know. It's just like I didn't know motherhood was for me. Mm-hmm. What did I know? Mm-hmm. I was a kid. Suddenly I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know, I finished the army and the next stage was to go to college. Mm-hmm. So it was expected that you would go to it college. Was, it was, yeah, it was totally, it Absolutely was totally expected. expected. Totally. Yeah. 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 See the look on your face. <laughs> so I think that's what you're, what, it sounds like you're hearing that it's not expected for the yes, people, yes. a lot of teenagers that you're bumping into here. Yeah. That yeah. it's not expected. Maybe their parents didn't go to college or, yeah. And they have other things they want them to do, you know, support, get into the family, you know, mm-hmm. like other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's really, it's really very hard to make your choices because you have to, first of all, be aware. Mm-hmm. You're doing something. You you're making a step. 
Right. You know? And you're mm -hmm. not just being on a, like you're being on a train and just goes. Mm-hmm. And um, mm -hmm. for me, it took me a while to understand that I'm, <laughs> you know, I had a nice life. Everything mm -hmm. was okay. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I'm not sorry for a minute. I'm a mother, mm -hmm. but well, some minutes I do. But in general, <laughs> I'm not right. But mm -hmm. but you know, to think that I did such a move <coughs> without mm -hmm. thinking that I'm making a move, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's like uh, mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, <coughs> and it seems like that's uh, well, and that's becoming less of a choice in our country. Now. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Since that's yeah. uh, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. But such an important choice for women to make yeah, to yeah. consciously decide whether or not to have children. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. It's, un it's really unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Un and did you find in Israel it's just expected if you're a, a woman you'll be a mother? In Israel. It is expected of you as a mother, as a woman to be a mother and as a man to be a father. Mm -hmm. Family is, children is the most important thing you do in this world. Okay. The more, the better. Mm -hmm. And uh, the rest comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. So the nice, you know, I'm critical of it. Nice thing is that in Israel, children are very, you know, the adults are very um, attuned to children. Mm -hmm. You know, the children are are ver being very nourished and very um, you want you you want them to be doing well. So mm -hmm. that's really nice. Mm -hmm. you know, I think society gains from that in mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but you know, it's very hard to be. Although there's one woman, she just did this research and she wrote a book about women who who don't want to have children. Mm -hmm. Not just don't want to have children. They are sorry they had children. Mm. And you can imagine how her research was was taken in Israel. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, and that, I think, just mm. in general, that's, yeah. you know, that's a kind of a worldwide thing. But more and more, I think, of the younger people now are choosing not to have yes, children. Yes, yes. And or to definitely having them at an older age, yes, if yes. at all. Yes, yes. So the but culture is changing. Here more. Here, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. not in Israel. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not didn't yeah. get there yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. one thing I like to ask people, if you could give anyone in the audience a piece of advice based on your years and all your training and research, what would it be? Wow, what a hard question. Um, you know, I'll start by saying that I'm at this age that I, I understand that I'm very incapable in giving advices. <laughs> Um, and I think I think in general, um, everything you can you can really think and rethink about everything and relook. I I am a very strong um, I think believer in the ability of your consciousness to be conscious about about what's going on in your inner life. So um, probably the one advice that I would give uh, calmly is to listen to to listen to the dreams you dream at night and then you can play with them and spend some time with them and that would help you listen more to yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think i'll be comfortable with this one <laughs> very good <laughs> well it's been so enjoyable uh, having you here today thank you uh, this is holly Allgood, mm -hmm. your host for tutu's talk story i've been talking to dr yael grappel and you'll have to listen to our world music show on uh -huh. Thursdays. 
Thank, thank you, you again. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you.